Hello and welcome to Efficiency Rocks, a podcast for anyone looking to make their home more organized, increase their self-sufficiency, save money, and still have energy for the things you love. I'm your host, Roxanne. I work a full-time job, and just like you, I want to enjoy a well-kept home, engage social life, and focus on my health and wellness. So I'm bringing you what I've learned, and I'm still learning, to help all of us keep life flowing and efficient. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. So recent events of the past, we'll say, 15 or so months um, have brought some attention back on the importance of having emergency kits available to you. Now, I would say those have historically lost some importance as conveniences have become more available to us um, living in large metropolitan areas. And generally speaking, only the folks who live in areas with notoriously uh, bad weather conditions, right? They know they get big storms. They know they get things that knock the power out and that those are uh, a frequent or seasonal occurrence. And and it's predicted that every year you're going to have at least a few, right? So those folks generally have always kept these kits, but many people have kind of let that go by the wayside. And it's not something you might have ever even thought you needed to have. And it's coming back to the forefront um, a little bit more recently as an important thing to keep around. So what we're going to do is go through a list of items that you maybe didn't think to include um, in an emergency kit. If you've never made one before, these are all going to be new to you. And if you have made one before, some of these might not be things you have thought of. Generally, when we think about emergency kits, we we focus on the food and the first aid, which is definitely like the top priority of things. But there are other items um, that are very practical that could definitely serve to make your urgent emergency experience a little bit more comfortable and tolerable. So I'm going to go through this list. And for some items, I'm going to talk also about where to find them or how to obtain them, because you also don't want to put yourself in a situation where you are spending hundreds of dollars collecting all these things. And I'll and I'll um, put this disclaimer out here too. You don't need to have the perfect kit set after day one. You can collect these items over time, and that's okay. Um, yeah. So here we go. Um, and these are in no particular order either. And I'll say like sometimes some of these things might not be necessary for where you live and the type of situations you might find yourselves in, particular to weather or season. So um, the first thing I will note is you want to have copies of ID. Identification that has your photo and your name on it are really important. Now, you cannot go to your local DMV and just ask them for a copy of your license. They won't give you one, right? They'll be like, why? Did you lose it? And of course, if you did lose it, you're going to have to pay for it. (laughs) Um, So you want copies of identification. And there are a couple ways you can do this. Either you can make a photocopy of an ID. And if you have multiple people in your household and you're going to go the photocopy route, make, um, make them all on one page. So everybody's copy is together rather than having multiple pieces of paper. 
Um, you can also use old IDs. So sometimes um, if the DMV doesn't take your old ID away from when you when you go to renew, this is a great way to have another purpose for that little card. And the reason I really like this is because those IDs are sturdy, right? They're not paper. If they get wet, um, they won't run, they won't smudge. So it is, it is beneficial to be able to have an actual hard plastic ID. Now, it's okay if it's expired. The purpose here is to show who you are, not whether or not your ID uh, is up to date. One of the drawbacks, and this is likely even if your ID is current, is that the address on your identification might not be current. So you do want to make sure that either you, uh, if you're doing the paper copy method, that you just scratch that out and make a note of what your current address is and note your phone number and your email address as well. And then if you're using an actual old card, you can buy things like mailing labels uh, that are small little rectangular stickers and you can write directly on them. So you can write your new address and go ahead and sticky that onto your ID. It's also a good idea to put any pertinent medical information. If you are someone who has a chronic medical condition like diabetes, right, something that will impact you very quickly if it is not taken care of, or if you have severe allergies to medications or foods, especially some of the more, you know, common ones like penicillin, for example. Um, you want to make sure that that is somewhere in this information in the event that somebody else is helping you. In addition to having copies of everybody in the home's ID, phone number, um, and pertinent medical information, you want to have some emergency contact information. So this is twofold. This is the contact information that people you would call for help, family or close friends that you would call for help in an emergency situation. But think about it uh, from a regional perspective. If you are having a weather emergency, you might need to contact folks who don't live in your region as well. Now, there might be family that you need to contact to make sure they're okay or people that you always hunker down with, right? But you might also need to contact people who live outside of your region if you need to go to them. Like if you're being evacuated, you might consider having the contact information of someone you might go to if you cannot return to your home. But in addition to people you know, you also want to keep the contact information and addresses of your local authorities. So that's your local cooling stations, your local heating stations, and if you live in an area that has them, your storm shelters. Um, in addition, your local police department, you want to have the actual location of where they are so that if you needed to go to them, you could. Basic medications. Um, whatever that means for you, your needs, right? But here's a caveat. If you're going to keep medication in the car, the reality is that cars' temperatures change drastically. So, and as we know, medications are generally impacted negatively by changing temperatures. So if you need to keep medication in a car, there are two things. One, you always want to opt for the tablet versions of a medication, not the gel version. So for example, ibuprofen, um, they come in both those gel capsules and the hard tablets. The gel capsules will end up melting in a hot car in the summer. They will, and it's, it's not pretty. So uh, do make sure that you get the tablet 
version. And you can keep them in something like an insulated lunchbox, like a, uh, like a kid's lunchbox, right? Um, or a small cooler. And that will help somewhat with just the drastic fluctuations. But the reality is those, those temperature fluctuations in a car, if this is where you are keeping your emergency kit, or if you have an emergency kit in your car, it might not be your primary one, um, they're going to be impacted by temperature. So also make sure you're keeping an eye on expiration dates and you're rotating those things out. Um, you don't want them to go to waste. So every six months or so, you might bring the ones in from the car, go ahead and use those up for your regular normal day-to-day -day usage and, and refresh the container that you're keeping in the car. Matches and lighters. You do want to have both versions. Um, they, they serve different purposes, you know, and the fact of the matter is lighter fluid runs out, matches get wet. So you do want to have both. Matches you want to keep in a plastic baggie that seals and make sure it stays sealed. All right. Now, let's talk about some technology stuff. Uh, we use and rely on a lot of technology. So this might not be something that occurs to you, but you need to have extra chargers, batteries, and battery packs. So battery packs, what I'm referring to there are the USB chargeable battery packs that you charge your phone with, right? Um, I think sometimes they're called as like power sticks. I don't know. I'm not a technology person if you can't tell. But there are battery packs that you can plug your phone or your tablet or even your computer into um, and you'll get a charge or two out of them. What you want to make sure of is that you have a battery, either a battery pack that's large enough or enough battery packs to get at least two charges, like two full charges for your primary device out of and that you have enough for the number of devices in your home. So if you live in a home where you have multiple adults, you want to make sure that you have a pack that's large enough to support all of those adults' phones. And make sure you have extra chargers. Now, here's the thing with chargers. I would not spend money obtaining extra phone chargers. We tend to obtain extra phone chargers over time anyway. They're starting to become something that, one, you get with anytime you buy a new device, and the old one that you had from your previous device still works. But they're also starting to be given as like a standard swag office supply kind of item, you know, come with those freebie bags when you go to conferences and stuff. So keep those. Those ones that you're getting as freebies might not always be the best quality, but you definitely want to keep them and use them for these kinds of situations. So if you're ever wondering, what do I do with these swaggy things when I don't need them? This is a great use. These emergency kits are a great way to cannibalize some of the freebie things that you get um, from those kinds of conferences and uh, gatherings. So you always want to have extra chargers. Try not to buy them necessarily, but go ahead and like go through your junk drawers, go through your office drawers, make sure you don't have extra chargers laying around and always keep a few in these emergency kits. And you still want to have regular old batteries. You might not use them for things like your phone, but um, headlamps and flashlights are something you also want to keep in your emergency kit. Don't rely on your phone as a flashlight. Don't rely on your car headlights as a primary source of light. You want to have a flashlight and or a headlamp. I really like the headlamps because they're made with LED lights, 
So they last longer in terms of power. They draw less power from batteries and they have multiple settings and you can be hands free because they clip on to, I mean, you know, they strap onto your head, but they can also clip onto a hat. They can clip onto a belt, right? So um, they just, they, they help you retain the use of both your hands, which is really helpful in urgent situations. Um, so you want to have batteries for those flashlights. You want to have the batteries that are already preloaded into the flashlight and you want to have spares because the reality is batteries do go bad over time. It takes a long time, but a battery that's in a flashlight does over time lose some of its juice, even if you're not using it. You want to keep a tarp and a sturdy rope. This might seem a little over the top, but I'll tell you, um, if you're in a situation with, particularly if you're stranded in your car, um, you might not be able to stay in your car if it's hot. Okay, so you do want to be able to throw up a tarp and create a shade barrier for yourself, or you might be in a situation where you need to be out in the rain. Um, if you're in a situation where there is flooding and you need to sit in a dry spot, a tarp is going to be your best friend. So a tarp and a rope are important to have. Quick dry towels. The reason I say quick dry towels is because of that advantage of their quick dry ability, but they're also generally quite, uh, they're not small in terms of like their, their square footage, or um, but they are compact. They fold up and roll up very nice and tightly. So they're helpful to have multiples of and not take up a ton of space. But their quick dry ability is very helpful. So you do want to make sure that you have towels. If you're ever in an emergency situation where you end up wet, generally speaking, you need to get dry fast. Even if it's summertime, if you're caught out in a monsoon, you can go hypothermic um, in the summer because of that sudden drop in temperature. It's that sudden change that can get you in the summertime. So don't just assume that because you live in a warm place, the urgency to get dry isn't there. It is. So make sure you have quick dry towels. Blankets. Blankets are important to have. Um, you might consider using blankets that are, you know, out of style from your kids' beds, right? Oftentimes those, um, those character blankets that they have, you know, one year they really like a certain movie or whatever, and then five years later they're like embarrassed when their friends come over and they still have those blankets on their beds. So um, trade out those, those kinds of things. Or uh, just your out-of-season blankets can be useful too. Or if you have blankets that, you know, you upgraded your bed size and those ones no longer fit, or if you have blankets that had, you know, an unfortunate wine spill or something, and now it's definitely socially unacceptable for you to have them. This is a great way to reutilize something that you're no longer using in your home. Okay, something that ended up in storage or something that is just kind of gotten pushed to the back of the linen closet. They can serve very well in your emergency kit. Now, you do want to think about quality here. You don't want to use anything that doesn't have any warmth left in it. So, for example, if you're someone who uses down, uh, a lot of people are allergic. That's why I say, you know, if you're someone. Uh, but if you are someone who's able to use down, you'll know that over time, and this does take years and years and years, but over time, 
the down feathers, uh, they get crushed and the down loses its actual ability to retain heat. So you don't want to use something that no longer actually serves the purpose of keeping you warm, right? If it is too old to actually do that, this is not something you want to keep in your emergency kit because it's likely that in an emergency, you really need the extra umph, right? Um, so be careful about using things that are so old that they no longer actually work the way they are supposed to. Another option, if it is in your budget to do so, are those um, those heating blankets that they give to like marathon runners after they finish their run. Um, those are great because they are super compact. I'm not sure about the reusability of them, so that's something to double check. But from a space-saving perspective, those are a really good option. Sunblock and chapstick. This is not something you might think about in your like urgent toiletry needs. Um, I think oftentimes in an emergency kit, we're thinking like good soaps, good antibacterial creams or good antibiotic creams, right? And things like that. But um, keeping your skin healthy, especially if you are in a situation where you might not be getting enough water or, for, you know, for a period, um, good sunblock and good chapstick are really going to help you stay a little bit uh on the healthier side, right? They're not necessarily going to help with hydration, but you don't want to add severe sunburns on top of that. If you are dehydrated, uh, research says that you actually burn easier if you are dehydrated. So this is something to keep in mind. Now, sunblock and chapstick. Um, I'm sure you have extra chapsticks. Why? Because we have to buy them in bulk because we lose them all the time. Um, so take a couple out of your junk drawers, scour the car canisters and such for them and add them to your emergency kit. And then for sunblock, um, oftentimes we buy sunblock every season, but they don't actually expire every season. They, they are good for a couple of years. Do take note of that expiration date because you don't want to use things that are so expired that they no longer work, right? But um, if you notice that you have a couple of like half empty bottles laying around and you still have new fresher bottles to use. This is a great way to you to like make sure those half empty bottles have a home and they could get used up. Do keep an eye on the expiration date, rotate them out, bring them back into the house, bring them back into your regular routine if you know the date is coming soon. But sunblock is important to have in an emergency kit. In addition to that, uh, speaking of sun uh, protection is hats. Okay. Again, if you're in a situation where you're not going to get enough water, you might not have access to shade, right? You're, hang you're stranded by the side of the road. Um, keeping yourself cooler is going to keep you healthier for longer. So make sure that your head is protected with a broad rimmed hat. Now, again, I don't want you to blow your budget trying to buy all of these things. So take a look around. Where are the hats that you got for, you know, the company softball party? the things that you got as swag from different conferences. Um, maybe you bought it because you forgot your hat and you ended up going to the beach and you had to pay $40 at the convenience store for a baseball cap and now you never wear it because it you know, has a logo on it that you don't like or whatever the case may be. Look for those extra things laying around the house. Most of us have clutter that can serve a purpose if we get a little bit creative with it. So this is a great way to use older items or items that we're not actually using in our daily rotation. 
Also, if you have hats that have become like too stained for public wear, this is a great time to use them because, hey, in an emergency situation, who cares if you have a big sweat stain on your hat, right? Um, anytime you can go with a full brimmed hat, do it. Uh, you might feel a little sillier and I realize it's not as fashionable, but sun protection is key here. Okay, on the same trend, extra shoes and socks. Um, you don't want to walk around wearing wet shoes. So if you have experienced something where, you know, your feet got wet in a flooding situation, in a monsoon situation, you do want to try to get into dry shoes as quickly as possible. So this is a good argument for keeping, um, keeping some of your older shoes around so long as they're still in okay condition. So if you are someone who, for example, runs a lot, you're athletic, you know that you need to trade out your shoes every couple hundred miles or every six-ish months, depending on which, um, which rotation you like. But if those shoes are still intact, so long as they don't have big holes in them, they can serve a really good purpose in these urgent situations. So do keep them for these kinds of scenarios. Kiddos' shoes are a little bit harder because kiddos grow. <laughs> um, so if you have multiple kiddos, you might consider keeping their hand-me-down shoes if they might fit some of the younger ones or some of the shorter kids. So um, another option, though, is the dollar store. They obviously don't have sneakers, but they do have flip-flops and, like, slipper-like shoes. And they're not terrible. You know, you're not going to want to walk five miles in them. But in terms of switching into something dry, it is going to be helpful. So consider tucking a few pairs of old sneakers or some flip-flops from the dollar store. Um, and the, the beneficial thing about flip-flops is that like different people of different shoe sizes can wear them. So you could just kind of buy a handful of uh, larges and mediums or something like that that kind of accommodate everyone. And extra socks. Um, socks are important to keep too for the same reason. You want to be able to stay dry. Now, this is where I would say don't use older things. Maybe use miscolored mismatched, right? The the solo socks that start collecting next to the dryer. You can pair those together even if they don't match and you can tuck those in your emergency kit, but you do want to make sure they're in good condition. Putting on socks with a bunch of holes in them won't, I mean, it'll, it'll be better than nothing, right? But it won't be as beneficial as something truly in good condition. You can also consider buying a multi-pack from like a Costco or a Target, you know, one of your big box stores. Go ahead and buy a multi-pack of those inexpensive socks and just split up the pack amongst your emergency kits. The benefit there too is that generally speaking, socks, 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 <laughs> socks cover multiple sizes uh, for people, unlike shoes, right? So Socks are a little bit easier in terms of making sure that everybody can have a, an extra pair or two and they come from the same pack, even if we are uh, different sizes. And gloves. Gloves are important, y'all. If you're in a situation where the temperature has suddenly dropped, um, good gloves are going to help you tremendously. Now, good gloves are better than no gloves, obviously, and bad gloves are better than no gloves. So, even if you're talking about the little multi-pack of mittens that come from the department store and they're just kind of cutesy, it is going to be better than absolutely nothing. So if you are someone who doesn't do winter sports, for example, so you don't have last season's gloves hanging out to integrate into your emergency kit, 
do consider buying a pack of those little mittens and, and it will help. Another alternative and something to consider is actually oven mitts, like the kinds that go on your hands like lobster gloves. And that's actually really good for heat situations. If you are somewhere where, you know, your car gets so hot that you can't touch it, oven mitts are really important. People who live in like Nevada and Arizona and New Mexico actually keep oven mitts in their cars kind of as a general practice. We did that when we lived in New Mexico um, because your car handles and your steering wheels can get so hot that you don't want to touch them. It's uncomfortable. So do keep something like that around in the event that you live in an area that gets to those extreme temperatures. All right, scissors and nail clippers. This might seem silly, um, but good hygiene in long-term emergency situations is important. And sometimes those scissors and nail clippers are really good for helping to clean up, you know, scrapes. And if you've got dead skin or something, if you fall off a bike and you've got skin hanging off, you do want to get rid of that. So scissors and nail clippers are very practical tools to make sure that you have around. And the reality is they really don't take up much space and they're inexpensive to buy extras of. Water. Water is big. Water is probably something I didn't need to mention. But what I am going to say about water is you want to keep water in multiple sizes. So you want to have like a gallon, si a few gallon size jugs, but also smaller water bottles. Um, and that's because you're not always going to be in a situation where you need to break into the entire gallon jug, right? Um, if your water is turned off only for 24 hours, you know, and you're just one person, you might not need to go through that entire gallon and you might want to save that for a longer term situation. Or same goes for in the car, right? In your car, you might be stranded waiting for the tow truck to come and it takes them two hours, but it doesn't take them an entire day. So over a two hour period, you're likely not going to go through that entire gallon if you, and you've opened it and now you're committed to making sure that you use it so it doesn't go to waste. So in those cases, it's actually good to keep smaller water bottles on hand. I do not like the plastic waste. However, to make sure that your water is clean and hasn't gotten contaminated, distilled water in sealed water bottles is the safest way to go. Sunglasses. This goes back to making sure you're protected from the sun. If you are caught out in a situation where, you know, you're out there for hours, you definitely don't want to hurt your eyes and it can help you just kind of feel a little bit more comfortable. But good, good, big sunglasses is the way to go. I recommend um, if you don't need prescription sunglasses, you definitely just want to go hit up like a thrift store and look for stuff that, you know, is still the UVA, UVB protection, but they don't need to be fashionable, y'all. They just need to fit your face. And the bigger, the better, right? Sometimes we try to go with like the fashionable, small, like matrix Morpheus glasses because they're cool. But in, in cases where you're really just trying to protect yourself, the bigger the sunglasses, the better off you're going to be. Related to that is to, if you are someone who wears corrective lenses of some kind, make sure that you have extra corrective lenses in your emergency kits. And this goes for whether the kit's in your car or in your home. As I'm going through this, you're probably realizing, you know, the kits in your car might, might look different from the kits that you keep at home. But the, if you need corrective lenses, you definitely want to keep corrective lenses available to you in either of these kits. Now, 
this is a great way to use old prescriptions, right? If your prescription changes just a smidge and you end up getting new lenses, this is a great way to make sure that you keep those new glass, those old glasses and they still serve a purpose. Now, is your vision going to be perfect? No, but it's better that you have some, right? If you break your glasses, you're in trouble. And if we're talking about being in an emergency situation, you can't run to Warby Parker and go get some new ones. So do make sure that you have kept your old prescriptions around and keep them in your emergency kit. Keep them in those hard cases so that they don't get crushed by anything else you're adding to your kit. But also keep old contacts and contact solutions. Sometimes, you know, we end up with an extra month's worth of contacts when we get a new prescription or whatever, right? Keep a few extra contacts around and don't forget the contact solution. Contact solution is a great thing to have in your kit in general, whether or not you use contacts um, or not, because saline solution does have some good cleaning properties, right? So if you have minor scrapes and stuff, it's a good option to use to just help clean um, surfaces. All right. This one might take a little bit of training, and it's maps. You do want to have some spare maps on hand. Um, phones die, y'all. Phones die. Phones get lost. Phones get crushed. And uh, signal can be bad, right? Internet can go out. So keeping maps on hand is important, but maps don't do you any good if you don't know how to read them. So I recommend also making sure that you know how to read the map that you're obtaining. And a map in your home emergency kit is not a bad idea either, especially if we go all the way back to what I said in the beginning of the episode about keeping addresses of emergency, um, like emergency service locations or, um, you know, public community spaces that you might need to go to. If internet is down, if your phone is down, what have you, like, you might not actually know offhand where those places are. So having a map of your general city and then of your broader region is also really helpful. And go ahead and mark some of those key locations on the map. And again, make sure you know how to read and follow the map. Or, um, you know, if, if you have multiple people in the home and they're the ones who might be helping you navigate, like make sure everybody knows how to read the map and use it and what's on it. And then you do want to have a, a map that has a larger area, especially if, if you're going to have to get in the car and evacuate. It is helpful to know, kind of generally speaking, how to get out of your area. Oftentimes, um, in an evacuation situation, they'll announce you know, specific locations to go to, or they'll announce general directions that you want to take in order to get out of you know, the fire line, the smoke line, whatever. So you do want to make sure you understand what those terms mean and what those directional commands mean. So read up on that, practice with it, do some scenarios with it. It might feel a little funny. It might feel a little silly. Um, but in the moment, you want to be able to know what those things mean, especially when, you know, you're a little scared or you're panicked. It's kind of urgent. You don't want your, um, your brain kind of, you know, cluster to get in the way of you knowing how to respond and, and how to follow those directions. So make sure you understand. All right, uh, toiletries real quick. Top priority toiletries, obviously you're talking about cleanliness and sanitation. 
So that goes without saying. I don't need to get into that. But make some smart choices about the types of things that you have. Soap obviously is important to have, but you might not want to sacrifice your drinking water for it if the water is also out. So consider um, Castile soaps that uh, are already liquid. Liquid soaps are going to require less water to get going and be effective than a bar soap. So while a bar soap keeps really well and you don't have to use necessarily like a plastic bottle for it, um, they do require a bit more water. So think about Castile soaps that are in liquid form. And the thing I like about Castile soaps is that they can be used for multiple things. So like Dr. Bronner's is kind of like the gold standard of Castile soaps that are available on the market. They're available to everyone now. They're sold in big box stores, which is really amazing. But the cool thing about those Dr. Bronner's soaps is that they're fine for hair, they're fine for skin, and they're fine for like dishes and surfaces and even your clothing. Now, are they going to, you know, give you model level runway hair at the end of the day? No, no, they will not. But uh, you're going to be clean, right? So that flexibility is actually really important because something like a bar of Dove soap, you're not really going to want to use on dishes, right? It, it doesn't it's not designed for that kind of surface and it, it is not as effective on those kinds of surfaces. And a Dr. Bronner's really is designed to be used in that way. So um, that interchangeability is important and you'll take up less space. You don't need to have a dish soap and a bar soap and a you know a shampoo bar at the same time. So I opt for something that can be used in multiple ways. The other thing you want to think about, though, in addition to the sanitation and the cleanliness, I said this before about the sunblock, moisturizer and lotion is actually really important. Um, if your body's not running at top percent, you know, top performance, peak performance, because you're a little bit dehydrated, you're maybe exposed to the elements, moisturizer is going to be really important because you also don't want to lose moisture from your skin it, when you're already dehydrated, right? You, you don't want to add to the problem. So keeping lotion and moisturizer is really important, especially if you do end up sunburned or if you ended up wet for a long time, right? You know, like if you're in a flood situation and you've been walking around with your feet in puddles of water for hours, you want to make sure that you put some of that moisture back in because it's, it's seeped out. Now, clothing. Um, I want to talk about, do a little deep dive into clothing and like, where are you getting all these clothes for your emergency kits? Y'all, prioritize the stuff that you might have gotten rid of because you don't like it anymore. So like I said about things like the hats, if you have t-shirts from old athletic events, right? Every time you do those 5Ks and stuff, usually you get a t-shirt. Oftentimes when you do volunteer events, you get a t-shirt. Um, oftentimes when you go to student led events and, you know, you get all this swag, like use those t-shirts and for these emergency kits, um, they can still serve a purpose. Shirts that are too stained to be used in public anymore, right? T-shirts from the gym that just get sweat stained or what have you, um, use them for this. Same goes for things like jeans. If you have jeans that just got too stained or, um, you know, you accidentally got bleach on them or something, right? Then maybe you don't need them anymore. You don't use them anymore. Integrate them into your emergency kits. 
Don't go out and buy tons of new stuff if you already have things that can be reused in this way. Uh, also, like things that have dates on them, <laughs> you might not always want to keep around in public of like, oh, yeah, that's from that concert that I went to 15 years ago. Uh, use those. Okay. The other thing is uh, you always want to keep some kind of a sweater or some kind of a jacket. Um, and, and that's going to depend on how harsh of a climate you live in. Um, this is a great way to use, again, old hoodies from events or from eras of your life that you might not want to like advertise anymore, right? Um, keep those around for this purpose. Tuck them into your emergency kits. For jackets, here's the thing with jackets. You don't want to use jackets that no longer work, right? So over time, your ski jacket, for example, if you are a, a snow sports person, over time, the waterproofing on your ski gear does go away. Now, there are claims of certain um, like rubs and waxes or whatever that you can put on that gear to revitalize the waterproofability of them. I don't know if they actually work. Um, I have just kind of avoided them in general because I'd heard that they didn't really work. But who knows? Technology changes every day. But my point is, don't use something whose purpose no longer functions, right? Don't use a rain jacket who doesn't actually repel water anymore. Don't use a parka that has gotten so old and crushed that it doesn't actually retain heat anymore. And don't use things whose zippers don't work. Go get the zipper fixed and then put it into your emergency kit. But like if you've pulled something out of your regular rotation because it no longer zips up and you replaced it, whatever, um, you don't want to put that in your emergency kit because likely you're going to be in a situation where you need that thing to zip up and keep you protected. And you don't want to be using gear that doesn't work anymore. It is still worth going and getting fixed. It might be a terrible color, right? It might be completely out of style or completely out of fashion, but don't write it off. If it functions, it's a good use to put it in your emergency kit. However, something like that, for example, if the zipper on the pockets don't work and that's why you pulled it out of your rotation, go ahead and put it into your emergency kit. That's 100% okay. Um, but like I said, you don't need to go out and buy a bunch of these things, you can pull them. You likely have items that you haven't been using because they're out of style or whatever. Um, maybe you didn't exactly like the way that it fit or where it hit on your waist, whatever. You can still find a usage for them in these emergency kits because that's what they're for. They're for emergencies, right? They're not for you to look a certain way and to look good and fashionable. Um, that's not what you're going to care about in these moments of them being utilized. All right, y'all, that is it for today's episode. I hope you feel better prepared to begin collecting items to include in your emergency kit. And remember, you don't have to build it all in one day. You can collect things over time uh, and refine what you have added in there little by little. Don't blow your budget putting this together. Uh, <laughs> and if you already have an emergency kit, I hope there are some items that maybe you didn't consider that you would now like to add. 
If you enjoyed today's ideas, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend to ensure you don't miss upcoming episodes where I will continue to share more tips and tricks every Wednesday to help manage this thing we call life. You can find more content on Instagram at Efficiency Rocks, spelled R-O-X. This has been Roxanne with Efficiency Rocks. I'll catch you in the next one.